Thanks for tuning into the Woods Edge Student Ministry Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. For more information, you can go to woodsedge.org or look us up on Facebook under Woods Edge Students. Father, thank you so much that we get to um, experience your presence in worship. We get to hear your voice this morning. Thank you that we don't have to beg you to be here with us. You are here with us. And we just want to receive everything that you have for us from your word and by your spirit this morning. Thank you that you're a good dad and that everything that you have for us is good. And that you see things from your perspective. You see things in such a different way than we do. And this morning, Father, would you change our perspective and help us to see things from how you see it and, uh, and have your heart for ourselves and also for other people. Thank you, Father. Amen. Um, hey, I, I brought some prizes today, uh, possibly the best prizes, right? Warm Rice Krispie treats. That's right. So if you sit on a Rice Krispie treat for a while, it gets really warm, and then the, the marshmallow gets kind of gooey. So if I'm going to ask a question. If you put M&M's, squish them into them, and then sit on them? I actually brought some M&M's. The guy at the pancake place gave me some M&M's. Oh, seriously? Yeah. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to make this prize even a little bit better. I'm going to put some M&Ms in the Rice Krispie Treat. And then he's going to sit on it. No, I'll just, I'll just put it in my front pocket for a little while. All right, and then you can collect your prize at the end. Okay, so this is the prize. We all got that? You got to collect it at the end. Here's the question, right? We're going to be looking at a book today. And it was a book um, written by Jesus' brother. Do you know which book it is? Wow. Jimmy. We can call it Jimmy for short. (laughs) The book of Jimmy. Jimmy's book, Book James. Okay. Hey, come and see me at the end. Okay. And there's a a warm rice Krispie tree. Maybe we can share it. Okay. It's right right here. Okay. And I might might sit on that. We're going to look at the book of James today. And we're going to talk about it. Uh, a, a few things about a perspective change, a view change. Uh, James, all the way through the book, keeps talking about um, don't be deceived. Here's some truth. And so he's saying, hey, some of you have wandered. Your eyes have wandered from the truth. This is the truth you need to pull back and look at. And so we're going to look at that perspective change. But really, we're going to talk about it today, but really what we'd love more than anything is that if you guys go away and actually read the book of James this week, the Jimmy's book. It's only five chapters. Okay, so perspective actually, change. Before we finish, we're going to give you a, a link. You can take a photo of it on the screen or write it down or whatever. We're going to give you a link. Our 15-year-old daughter wrote um, Bible studies from James, and there's nine or ten of them, and so you can do them um, after this. So really, what we're doing is just kind of setting you up to spend time with God in the Book of James by yourself, and so. Yeah. You know, what God gives us individually ourselves is really often what sticks with us the best. So we're going to kind of springboard you into the book of James, and then we have nine or ten individual Bible studies that you can do yourself over the next week or so. But here's the thing about the start of James. He's basically wanting them to have a perspective change. So they're seeing things in a certain way, and he's wanting to help them see it in, a, in the way that God wants to. And what's good for us is that he kind of details pretty well how to get a perspective change. Because often we're like, yes, I would love to have a perspective change. I want to see things from God's point of view, but I don't know how. So what we're going to do first is I want you to look at a couple of pictures 
and just talk to each other and talk to us and tell us. They're zoomed in. You've probably done this before. These are zoomed in pictures. And then we're going to zoom out and see who gets it right. And maybe you can get a warm Rice Krispie treat as well. Okay. Not, the, not the one with M&M's, though. Not That's for Jimmy. Okay, first one. What's that? The Himalayas. Hair cutting? What is it? She's jumping over there. You're jumping. Okay, let's wow. see. Nice. Wow. Okay, next one. That was, that was a warm-up. That was a warm-up. Who got that right? Everyone. That was an easy one. Okay, let's see the next one. Oh, hello. Pancake. Pancake. Ryan Gibson, you cannot answer. You were here the last service. No cheating, Gibson. <laughs> okay, Anyone? what Pancakes? is it? Anyone think it's a pancake? What is it? It's okay, a it coin. is a coin. That well is done. too easy. What kind well of coin is it? Euro. It's a euro. You're right. So you'll need that in Germany. Okay. You will need that in Germany when you are at Teen Street or yeah. any country in Europe. You will need, except England. You will okay. need that. Okay, next one. Okay, this yes. is a bit harder. Cinnabon. Cinnabon. Anybody? Cinnabon? No? What you is go it? Cinnabon? Shout it out if you know it. A rock. We got a rock. A we rock? got a rock here. Okay, let's see what it is. Uh, it's a vitamin. It's a vitamin. It's a, everybody say vitamin. It's a vitamin. It's a vitamin. Okay. What else we got? Yes. Grass. Grass. Carpet. Somebody said carpet. Astroturf. What is it? Mirror. Somebody said eraser. Was, was that you, Ryan Gibson? Stop that. Cheat. Okay, next Cheat. one. Okay. This might be, is this the last one? I think this is the last one. No, there's one more. There's one more. No, two more. Yeah. Yeah, that was an easy one. What did somebody say? Tape measure. Let's Tape measure. See. Let's see. Okay, last one. Yeah. Last one. This is my favorite. In junior high, they kept saying, it's a circle. It's a circle. <laughs> yes, was, it's a circle. It's a tunnel. It's a light at the end of a tunnel. Pencil sharp. I have a Rice Krispie tray for you. Warming. I have a warming it's Rice Krispie tray for you. Okay. Hey, the book, the book of James, interesting. Um, how many of you have brothers? How many of you are glad you have brothers? Less? Um, in, interesting, you know, if, if you have brothers, I had, I had three and two sisters. There were things that I knew about my brothers that nobody else knew. I mean, there's just stuff you see and hear, smell, all that kind of stuff. All your senses because you have, because you're on your brothers. Hey, today so, is National Sibling Day, actually. Is it? I just saw that. I think it's made up just on Facebook, so it's like a hashtag or okay. something. Okay, yeah, get, get, uh, get a Hallmark card for your siblings. Um, <laughs> interesting would be, what did James know about Jesus? Okay, uh, James was uh, Jesus' little brother and would have seen things about Jesus, would have seen the way he interacted with his parents, would have seen what he'd done. Were there miracles he did as a teenager? Um, what was he like in school? What was he like at home? Did he clean up after himself? Was he perfect? Um, all those kind of things. James has a perspective on Jesus that none of us have. And so it makes me kind of interesting. My mind goes a little bit whack thinking, what is it that James knows about Jesus that we don't know? But I do know this. I want to study the book of James, and if he has a perspective, and if he says, hey, you're seeing something wrong, see it this way, I think it's worth looking at, okay? Now, perspectives, the interesting thing, if you think, 
James is talking about the way we view God, the way we view ourselves, the way we view others, the way we view situations, the way we view this world. When you think about James' perspective and then versus your own perspective, you might notice that many of our perspectives on the world are actually based on our emotions or about what people, what people said, and that becomes our truth then. And so if we can line up with what James says about his truth, it really will point us into the real fullness that God has for you. Um, I, I was reminded of that this week. I was, um, I was at Bear Branch. How many of you know where Bear Branch is? How many of you have skated at Bear Branch? Right? Awesome. I was there. If you, if you go up there in the mornings on a, on a weekday, there's not many people there. It's often empty. And so I, I go up there sometimes and I have a speaker and I put on uh, music and I skate. And uh, me and God have great times up there. Um, I put on Bethel worship music and I skate. So I was there skating and my perspective of my skating was that it was actually awesome. But I was the only one that was there so I can say that. It was probably just mediocre, but I'm the only one who can say that. But while I was skating and uh, God was watching me and listening to the worship, uh, a truck rolls up and two other skaters get out. Uh, you know, no shirts on, tattoos everywhere. And uh, I was like, this is going to be interesting. I've, I've never blared Bethel worship in a skate park for other skaters as well. Let's just, let's just see what goes down when they hear worship music. And so they come in, uh, skate in the park, and set up over on the other side of the park. But they had brought their own speaker. Right? Now, I thought it was just respect. Like, if somebody else has a speaker first, then you let them play their music. And, but they set up their speaker, and they started playing their music, which, which wasn't bad, but it didn't really mix with worship. So if you're on my side of the park, there was worship. And then as you got closer to them, it became Jay-Z or something like that. And in the middle, it was just a mess, okay? But I started thinking, my, my, my mind starts going a little wild. I'm like, what, what, why, why are they disrespecting juice? By coming in, they, like, they don't like my music, and my head starts going, and I start thinking about these things, and I'm thinking, I'm making judgments about these other people, having never even talked to them, just because they had different music from me. Um, and so this is what I did in that situation. I go over to my speakers, and I turn them up as loud as I can, right? <laughs> Uh, but I could still hear Jay-Z, right? And so it's messing with my skate game. My skate game was tanking, so I thought, hey, I'll just go to that part of the side of the park. Let's see what goes down if I skate over there. And uh, I have all these thoughts about what, how they're going to respond to me, uh, completely different to what I expected. When I skated over to them, they were the happiest, friendliest skaters that I've met in a long time. And they came right over to me, and they were like, hey, my name's Steven. I'm Mark. What are you, guys, what are you up to? How long have you been skating? And uh, super friendly. And we had a great time skating together. Now, there was still this mix. We had Jay-Z on one side and Bethel on the other. That still went on. But we had a great time. And by the end of the, the skate session, um, we were praying together and, and talking together. And it was, it was amazing. But it just reminded me that many times our feelings and what we see are radically different than what is actually going on. And so when I look at this book of James and think, hey, he knows some stuff. He's viewed stuff. He's seen stuff. And he's saying, don't see it this way. Here's the truth about the situation. Then I need to go with not how I feel or my past experiences, but with the truth. So before we even move on and look at how to change our view on, uh, and our perspective, I want, I want us just to take a moment and ask God if there's an area in our lives where he this morning wants to give us a new perspective. Okay, so I'm, I'll pray and you just listen and just ask the Father to speak to you 
Maybe it's something that you like literally even before you ask him, you already know I need new perspective on this. Or maybe it's something that he'll just show you. So just close your eyes for a second. I'm going to pray. Father, um, again, thank you that you're here with us and that you know each part of our lives so intimately. And Father, as we look at perspective change this morning and look at seeing things the way you see them and not getting burrowed into our perspective, is there an area in our lives that you this morning want to give us a new perspective on? Father, we just want to receive what you have for us into that area. Amen. Okay, I'm going to read James 1, 2 to 4. I'm going to, I'll read it really quickly. Sometimes when people pick up a Bible, we're all tuning out. So just, just try to listen. Maybe my accent will keep you uh, engaged, but try to listen here. Consider a pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Okay, would anybody say that it would be a desire of yours to not lack anything? Yeah? Would maybe everybody say yes? I know you don't all want to raise your hands, but would everybody say that it would be a desire of ours to not lack anything? I'm not talking about like financially or whatever... I'm talking about like in who you are, everything that you need as you walk through your life, and that might be financially as well, but everything that you need that you would have no lack. Anyone or everyone? Everyone. everyone. Just go ahead and raise your hand. There you go. <laughs> um, but he's saying here, we can say, oh, he's saying this is how we won't lack anything. So we should rewind and say, oh, what is he saying about how we cannot lack anything? It's a perspective change. Yeah. So how do, if James has some views and he's saying, hey, don't be deceived, uh, look at it this way, then we want to think about what are some of those things that will help us get the right view and the right perspective. So we have, we have four sections just from the first chapter where James says, hey, view things this way. Don't wander this way. View it this way. And the first one's interesting because he says, hey, you have tough times. And actually, it says elsewhere, everyone's going to have tough times. And James says, change the way you view about your tough times. Consider it pure joy when you face tough times. And he says, because there's stuff on the other side of the tough times that you need. And sometimes we get so focused on ourselves. We get so focused on trying to uh, get rid of the tough times. Uh, get out of the tough times. Sometimes we blame God. Sometimes we feel sorry for ourselves. We blame others. There's all sorts of emotions. And James is saying, hey, the perspective you should have is that there's good stuff on the other side of those tough times. And we need to change our view from right up here to looking a bit down, farther down the road. Let me just say this. What we're not saying is that the tough times are something that, like, maybe there's something going on in your family or in your life that is very distressing, something that should not be happening, maybe in school or maybe something that happened to you when you were younger, we are not saying that you have to just pretend that that's joyful. That's, that's not what these verses are saying. There are things that happen because we live in a very fallen world. People make decisions 
we make decisions, other people make decisions over us and towards us that are very destructive. God's heart is broken about those things. So don't hear us saying that we just have to be like, oh, I'm so joyful, I'm a Christian, because, you know, and all this bad stuff is happening. What he's saying is, I will be with you in whatever is going on, and on the other side of it, if you walk through it with me, are good things. Do you get what I'm saying? Um, so just, I just want to be clear about that, because we don't want to kind of brush over hard times. God is with you in it, wants to speak to you in it, and give you his goodness, even in the midst of bad times, because we live in a very fallen world. Um, we, um, part of what we do uh, here in Houston, so I mentioned about Teen Street. What I didn't say, actually, about Teen Street is that every day when you're there, you have the opportunity to go and do outreach in the city where we are. So it's not just discipleship, worship, that kind of stuff. You have outreach opportunities every day. One of the things that we do in Houston as part of, um, as part of Young Hope and Seven More, which is a ministry that, um, that we lead, is that we meet ex-offenders three times a week who are being released from the prisons in Houston. So the men come from Huntsville and the women from Dayton. And they all get kind of just dropped in the middle of Houston at the Greyhound bus station. And uh, you guys are very welcome to come with us. We, during school time, it's hard because we're there during the daytime. But over your summer break, if you want to come with us to meet them, it's an amazing opportunity to meet, to meet guys and women who are in a very, very vulnerable situation. And we, what we feel is that these people should be met on the day of their release with the kingdom of God and the love of God. And not, um, I didn't say this in junior high, but not by traffickers and not by gang members and not by people who have ill intent towards them. We should be the people who meet them and show them that they are known and seen and loved. Some of these men have been in 35 years. And some of the women have been in maybe shorter time. Some of the guys are young guys. They're in gang violence and stuff. And guys, it will amaze you. You see men and that... They're in for gang violence, weeping on the side of the street because someone met them and told them that they're loved and seen and they're like children. So if you want to come with us, you're very welcome. But um, when they get out of prison, they're wearing their prison clothes and uh, they're carrying, this is the bag that all of their worldly possessions are in. They have one of these. And so this is obviously a very big red flag for traffickers, for the women. And it's really just not a very nice thing for a, a guy to go back to his family with a red prison bag. So we meet them, we give them new shoes to replace their prison shoes, new clothes, um, a new bag, a duffel bag, and we give them an armband with a phone number on it that, um, that tells like they can get prayer there, we can help them find a halfway house, we can help them um, get into job training and stuff like that. But um, the reason that I'm sharing that is because these guys and women need a giant perspective change when they get out. They are told for many years while they're in prison about who they are, and it's lies. They're many times told, this is who you are, you're a criminal, you're this, you're that. And actually, the women told us that when they're leaving, some of the guards say to them, you'll be back, this is who you are, this is what you do. That's what they say to them as they leave. And so these people need a perspective change, not only on the world, but on their own identity. And so... Um, it's amazing to watch people when you start speaking over them, how God sees them and who they were created to be just come back alive. Yeah. And, and another perspective change that they need as well is that many of them have either gotten in trouble or going to get into more trouble because they only see the day that's in front of them. They don't see down the road. They don't see the, the impact of what they're going to do 
on their future a few months from now or their future, even, even more important, their future families for their kids. Most of them have kids, and they, and they come out, and they're not thinking longer term. They're thinking right now. What's going to satisfy my needs right now? What's going to get me out of this hole right now? And if they can think even a month ahead, it starts to radically change the way um, they live their life. And so when James says, hey, don't get caught up with, with the troubles right now. Consider it pure joy because perseverance is going to take you through this, and you're going to receive the promises of God on the other side. That's a perspective change from right here to, to down the road. Hey, does anyone use their phone for a mirror? Has anyone used their phone? Guys as well. Come on. Yeah. Anybody? Jimmy, Anybody? Have you ever used your phone as a mirror? Oh, he's, let me see your he's phone. Got a, he's Let's got a... see Jimmy's phone. <laughs> okay. Dude, Jimmy has not I used his phone. I respect that. That's a good. That's that's a good phone, Jimmy. Okay. People use their phones. I will tell you this. Was anyone else other than me at Justin Bieber last night? No. You were there. No. Uh, are you disappointed with me? It was great. He is such a great lip syncer. It was awesome. I am not joking. I have video evidence. He is singing, and he literally puts the microphone down, and he's dancing, and the song is continuing. And it's his voice that is continuing, but the microphone's all the way down here. But no, it was a good laugh. But, um, but actually, it was funny to see, like, so I think 99% of the people there were girls. The other people were, like, terrified boyfriends or dads. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, but... Obviously, people are watching the whole concert through their phone. They're, they're not actually watching him. Like, we were kind of up a level, so, like, you just could see everybody on their phones. But a lot of the girls down low were not only on their phones, but they were, like, in the mirror, like, checking and stuff. And I wanted to be like, he can't see you. He doesn't care. But, um, but in here, it talks about a mirror. And it's funny because it's a really, really obvious point but um, I think he's trying to make it so obvious so that we'll, so that we'll pay attention to it. In, in chapter 1, verse 22, it says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his... A man, not a woman. A man who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. You want me to read the rest? Oh, yeah. But the man who... Get the next verse. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. So in the same way as we want to not lack anything, I think that we would all put up our hands and say, yes, I do want to be blessed in what I do. So he's giving us how to be blessed and have a perspective change here. Look intently into the word of God. Look at who he says he is. Look at who he says you are and hear other people speaking God's voice to you and you will be blessed in what you do. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's interesting. A few perspective changes there. One, it says that look intently into the book of the law that gives freedom. That's interesting as well, isn't it? Because often we don't look at the Bible as the place where we find freedom. We look at it as it, sometimes with a bit of dread that it's going to change where we live or it's going to uh, be a bunch of rules and restrictions. But it's saying this law, when you look intently into it, it gives you freedom and blessing. But it, notice that the verse is started by saying, don't deceive yourselves. Okay, It talks about this view that we can't actually take the wrong view by doing this, by getting knowledge 
but then not living by it. I don't know if you know those kind of people who know stuff, know a lot of stuff. They might come across as wise because they know stuff and they say the right stuff. But that isn't what real wisdom is. That's actually deceiving yourself. Uh, the proper view we should have is that we, we stare intently into this and then actually live it. And that will keep us from deceit. Um, we asked Kelsey. Um, Kelsey is here. Do you want to stand up right where you are? Um, is from Brazil. Or Brazil. I always say Brazil. Donnie beside her is from Brazil. Kelsey is from Belgium. And twice a year we have people who come stay with us and they're involved in all the ministries with us. And I asked Kelsey just to cha- uh, share something about a perspective change that God gave her. Yeah, so um, people who know me, they know that I really love music. And even more, I really love worship music. And a few years ago, I was in a Bible school, and every morning we would have, we would have worship. It was, it was amazing. But about three weeks into this, I had a really bad fall, and I injured my foot. And uh, it was pretty bad. Um, they also misdiagnosed it, so they didn't even give me painkillers. So here I was at this amazing place where every day people would have, like, they would go all out in worship. They would dance. They would jump. They would just kneel on the floor. And here I was, and I couldn't do any of it. Like, first of all, I was in a lot of pain. And second of all, like, I was sitting on a chair. It's okay. Keep going. So this was like a a difficult time for me because I was like, okay, Lord, like, why am I in this situation? You know, I love doing this. You know, I love to express myself. So why can I not do this? I'm literally chained to a chair. And um, after like two weeks of that, I was like, okay, I'm getting a little depressed right now. Like, it's actually really bad. And, but all of a sudden I realized like that I needed a perspective, like perspective change. Like I needed to see, I needed to stop focusing on what was here and I needed to start focusing on what the Lord did give me. And so it was a, it was a process that I was going through where the Lord actually said like the only thing that I could express myself with was words. And so during these times of worship, because this is like a five month program. So during these five months of just like sitting on a chair I, I got so close to the heart of God. I got so close to what it means to worship the Lord because the only way I could express myself was via words. And so that perspective changed, like that just like realizing like I can't, like I, I'm not supposed to focus here. Let me focus on what God can give me actually changed my life to where I'm so much closer to the Lord because of that experience. Thanks, Kelsey. Thank you, Kelsey. Um, Verse 26 says, if anyone considers himself religious and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself and his religion is worthless. And um, another perspective change is to do with what we say. And later, it'll be in the Bible studies that we'll give you, but um, in chapter three of James, he does like a whole big section actually about taming the tongue and the importance of just really being careful with what we say. He even says it's like a rudder directing a ship. But here's the thing with our tongue. We can speak life or death with our tongue over ourselves and other people. And so as we get God's perspective, it's not like Josh said, it's not about what we feel and what what we feel in the moment is truth. 
It's about what is truth in the word of God and what is truth that God has spoken over us, receiving that truth and speaking it out and saying, I don't feel like I'm, you know, whatever, but God says I am. I don't feel like I'm secure today. I don't feel like I'm loved today. I don't feel like I'm worthy to be in his presence today, but actually the Bible says I am. And so I'm going to speak it out and I'm going to walk it out as well. Um, it's interesting that verse says uh, that we, if we don't keep a tight rein on our tongue, we can deceive ourselves. And so it's interesting. Another way, another way to say that is uh, if you talk too much, you might end up with the wrong perspective. Okay? Or if uh, you don't listen before you speak, you might end up uh, changing the whole course of your life, actually, because of the things you say. So the things you say not only impact other people, but actually impact your view and in your direction. So we've seen three things so far, and I'm going to end with my favorite, the fourth. But we saw that James said, hey, if you want a different view of things, don't get caught up with right now. Think about the promises farther down the road that God has for you. That's one thing to change your view. The second thing was with the mirror or with the phone or the flip phone that you don't just uh, uh, know the stuff up here, but you're going to deceive yourself if you know it, but you don't live it. Okay, you got to live it. And when you step into the things that God's calling you into, you're going to really see the, the fullness of all of that. Uh, thirdly, keep a tight ring on your tongue. And then lastly, okay, this is, this, is, uh, this is wonderful, right? Verse 16 and 17 of chapter 1, he says this. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters, okay? So right off the bat, he's saying, hey, don't get the wrong view. And then he drops a truth on us that we really need to hold on to. And this is what he says. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from your Father. Did you catch that? And I think this might be where the enemy attacks your view and then the direction you take in life, probably most acutely. This is where he hits you. He wants you to think that there's good stuff outside of your Father or even worse, that your father has good things, but he withholds them from you, okay? And that's going to change your direction, your view. But if you know the truth in this, and this is what James is saying about his brother, he's saying he is good, and every good gift is from the father. And he says earlier in the chapter, he says, God gives generously without finding fault to everyone who asks. That's the truth. Maybe the most important thing about this chapter, your view of God, you got to hold on to that because the enemy is going to attack it. Your father's good, and he's generous, and he gives you good gifts, and he doesn't find fault with you. The enemy finds fault with you and will tell you that God holds things against you and that God finds fault with you, but that's the enemy's voice. God is saying, I don't, when I look at you, see the mistakes you've made. I give generously, and I have good gifts to give you. Before we, um, before we pray and just finish, I want to ask if you can put that link up there. Um, if you want to take out your phones, um, you can take a photo of it or you can write it down. Um, that's where the Bible studies are. And we would just challenge you guys to just spend, they're not very long, so spend a little bit of time every day, whether it's before school, after, during school, um, kind of, um, just spending time uh, going through those Bible studies. And like we said, we're springboarding you into James. This will take you deeper. And, uh, and it was, uh, like I said, written by someone who's around your age. And so, um, and, and we worked with her on it as well. So um, there's, some good, there's some good meat in there. So when you've taken that, I want to just take a little bit of time before we go back into worship to just ask God about what we asked him earlier. And so um, to do with, 
that area in your life where he wants to give you a perspective change. Thanks for listening to the Woods Edge Student Ministry Podcast. Please feel free to share copies of this podcast, but do not charge for those copies or alter the content in any way. For more information, please visit woodsedge.org or find us on Facebook under Woods Edge Student.